0: This podcast is dedicated in loving memory and tribute to Judy Roth, Ashley Berg, and Bennett White. We Ride Y Radio, a podcast about cycling. Health, music, art, and transformation.
1: With your hosts, Greg Roth and Dave the Rocket Richter.
0: We Ride Y Radio, episode number four, the first one of 2021. I'm Greg.
2: And I'm Rocket.
0: And on this week's episode, we have a very special guest in the second half of the show, author KT Searing. And he wrote the book called Courage, Fearless Talent about a friend of ours, Bennett White, who's also in the film We Ride Why. Bennett passed away back in 2017. And the book is an incredible journey into his life. But before we get into that and some other things, we're going to kick off the show with a song from one of my favorite bands, Deep Sea Diver. This one's called NWO. Thank you. Great to be back. we have got a brand new episode, and this is going to be a real special one. But first of all, I've got to catch up with Rocket because I haven't seen Rocket since uh, before New Year's. Happy New Year, Rocket. Yeah, Happy New Year, Greg. How you doing, man? Good. Been
2: busy. Got through the holidays. Yeah.
0: How was Wolfie's Christmas?
2: Wolfie loved it. What did he get? Well, I think his favorite was the packaging the packaging it's like like a cat or a dog totally totally totally. but no he got a ton of toys from all the relatives and uh he he loves everything he like does he love christmas he does he loves unwrapping everything you know (laughs) his new thing is uh he tests his toys by throwing them down the stairs great (laughs) i think i used to
0: do that so um and how's jen doing
2: oh she's doing great she's been super busy at uh, microsoft oh yeah you'll probably see her more riding and involved in the club
0: that's great she's got some uh, things planned for 2021 and I, I know I was talking to Chelsea from Rafa we had her on on the last episode and she was saying that Jennifer had already gotten together and to start working on the kits for 2021 it's gonna be cool so um so Jen you did Rafa Festa 500, and we're going to talk about that. And then we also have a very special guest on today. He's the author of a book about an amazing man and a friend of ours, Bennett White. And Bennett is going to be in the film, and we'll talk about that a little bit later. Bennett is somebody that you know real well. He's important to you, or he was. He passed away Mm -hmm. of cancer back in 2017. But I met him through you, and he uh, made a huge difference in my life
2: yeah me too i mean that's that's his whole story he was like this north star like a guiding light Mm. um, for several different people
0: yeah yeah we're going to talk more about that later on but let's talk about this event we did festive 500 the rafa festive 500 and we talked a little bit about it on the last episode but we actually did it we did it but you did it you did it in 24 hours yeah you rode the equivalent of 350 plus miles because you did it an extra lap right so what was the total mileage you did
2: uh well like you said my my computer sort of zapped out for a while Mm -hmm. and so we don't know the exact mileage but it was around 300 and Forty or fifty wow. miles, yeah, but uh, in twenty-four hours. Yeah, five hundred mm. k was the uh, the goal, and wow. that's about three hundred and ten miles. Wow.
0: Well, I did the event, but we're not gonna talk about me. So much. <laughs> I want to talk about you, and then we'll talk about me because I did it, and it was awesome. But I didn't do it in twenty-four hours. So to ride that amount in twenty-four hours and climb twenty-two thousand feet. In 24 hours, folks, when I say 24 hours, that means 24 hours. That means that you ride, you come home, you charge your lights, you get something to eat, and you go back up again. Whether it's dark, whether it's light, whether it's raining, whether it's cold, it doesn't matter. You're doing it in 24 hours. And that's what Rocket did. And... I'm in all that
2: <laughs> well we wanted to do something special because we just got hooked up with and partnered with Rafa this year so they they had their festive 500 which is a big deal for them uh, they have a really cool video that just came out a year or two ago um, and they did a similar like a big loop that uh, that we've actually done uh, Jennifer for her birthday we did that similar loop backwards and we did it in three days though um, we did about a hundred hundred and fifty a day Uh, which is a lot which is a lot so uh anyway we watch it i watch this video and it's pretty cool that they they almost did it in 24 hours like the 500k i Mm -hmm. think it took them like 25 hours and something or 26 Mm -hmm. hours for the fast guys so i was like okay i could do it in i could do it in 24 hours i'm gonna do it in 24 hours and then i was like well with the whole covid thing and Mm -hmm. and uh i wanted to you know keep it close um we wanted to stay close to home um so i I just made a really cool route that, uh, we do, we do our rides on and I want to make it exactly hundred K. So I mm-hmm. knew where I was. So each lap 100 K. So I did five laps. Wow. So I, I would know where I was. It was this part of the planning. Right. Um, and then I wanted to make it a, a, a pretty challenging loop too. So mm-hmm. as you know, you know, you do one loop, you're like, Ooh, that was a pretty good ride.
0: Yeah. One <laughs> of those is a lot. Yeah. Especially was about 4,000 feet per 65 mile. Aka one hundred right. kilometer loop. Yeah,
2: so we did yeah. over twenty thousand, or I did over Jeez. twenty thousand feet of climbing in, in a day for sure. <laughs> wow. So yeah, it's a lot. But also, I wanted to make it, uh, you know, scenic. Mm-hmm. So it was a, it was just a, a fun route. It, it was, was. It wasn't just uh, to get the mileage in. We could have just went around the lake.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, you know. Yeah.
2: For five hundred k. Boring. And yeah, it had been fast, but we got it done. Yeah. Um, so I wanted to make it challenging. I wanted to make it uh, a, a little bit epic with a lot of climbing. Um, but also, you have to ride your bike. You have to drive the bike. There's a lot of uh, twists and turns and yep. narrow roads, and it's dark. Yeah, uh, and so wet yeah. and so, cold. So we had a challenging course, 100K, um, but I did make it, so it went by our place every lap. So that was sort of the pit stop. We yeah. set up a 10 out back um, with some coffee and uh, some food and everything, so every lap we can... And we had a heater out there, a space heater, and uh, we'd have to charge the lights. We actually rode in the dark more than we did in the mm-hmm. light because it was a pretty short day. Um, you know, December, late December in uh, Seattle, and of course, it was classic Seattle weather that day. It was, uh, you know, the 40s, yeah. raining. It was windy that day, actually, 20 mile an hour winds yeah, for most of the day. So anyway, uh, we did that. That was, the, that was the scenario. So I set a schedule. Um, which I think was super important um, mm-hmm. to stick to. Uh, a lot of people said, well, I want to go out a little early and you know get the first few laps done, and I thought that was a mistake. And, uh, <laughs> and uh, I was right. I think that the best thing is to rest in between, and yeah. and uh, but not too long. And, you know, you charge your lights and you get ready and um, you get into this rhythm. Yeah. And I think that was flow. important, too. Yeah, flow. Yeah. You know, where even before I got finished the lap, I'd start thinking like, okay, I got to – I'm going to take my gloves off. I'm going to put them on the dryer. I'm mm-hmm. going to put my lights on the charger. I'm going to you know charge my computer. Mm-hmm. And then I'm going to go upstairs. I'm going to get some food and then go to the bathroom and yeah. eat the food and then say hi to Wolfie. Yeah. And like, you know, I have this rhythm.
0: But you knew exactly what, what you were going to do. And then what your objective was so you had I'm gonna do this 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 and this and then I'm going back out there yeah I did my yeah.
2: priorities first I made sure that these things that I had to do mm-hmm. and stick to the schedule got done yeah and then um, everything else was bonus right that's um, great man. yeah and if I would finish the lap early you know um, I would just leave that into my rest time I wouldn't leave early you know mm. I just like I would get a little extra rest right which I think was important as well
0: the recovery yeah, yeah.
2: And uh, it was kind of cool too, and I and I like the idea of five laps, right? It's mm-hmm. not a big number, it's not a small number. It's like, yeah. you, you can kind of mark where you're at. Mm-hmm. So I had different priorities every lap. For the first lap, I was my priority was like I was don't go too hard, mm-hmm. and I, you know it was. I think human nature would be the other way around. You want to get that first one sure. done, and I was made sure to like okay, don't go too hard. Yeah, because you, know, you so, got you got yeah. to do five of them. Exactly. Yeah. So after, you know, and then the second one, it was actually, don't go too slow. Right. Hey, so you just made me think
0: of something. So you had to keep yourself motivated, but Mm -hmm. then also you're keeping your partners motivated because if they're not motivated, that impacts you. That's right. But also in motivating them, does that motivate you as well?
2: Oh, for sure. Yeah. And you know, what's funny is like, uh, every lap was consecutively faster. Mm. So our last lap, you know after you know you know 400 kilometers yeah. of riding the last kilometer was that's 100 kilometers was the fastest because
0: you're amped up
2: well yeah you, we were yeah. amped up and, yeah. and it was you know it was also the worst weather but yeah. like i said i knew that last lap would be more like a you know inspired you inspired you know
0: victories at hand i got this yeah
2: <laughs> <laughs> no that's yeah.
0: cool so i want to talk to you about this because obviously your grit score went up it keeps going up mm-hmm. um and you always love to challenge yourself, and I find inspiration from that. And because you've done a lot, you you've won races, you've ridden all over the world. I mean, have you ever done anything like that?
2: I've never done anything like that. And that's wow. that was a little bit of the allure, but I, and I wasn't even sure how cool this was going to be. You know, hmm. like um, I knew that I could do it. Um, yeah. I've never ridden that far, but I knew I could do it. Well, you knew. Like, here's the thing, man here's how you occur to me rocket when
0: you say i'm going to do it Mm -hmm. it's gonna get done yeah so you knew but you didn't know what you were gonna get out of. exactly i want to hear about that
2: well it reminded me of uh adventure you know mm. it really was an adventure a true yeah. adventure it wasn't I mean I'm used to being tough and, yeah. and pushing my body to the limits yeah you do um, but this was a little bit different it was it took uh metal you know mm. a lot of metal which is resilience and positive mental attitude um, along with that toughness um, yeah. and and, and it, it, you really had to stay positive because this is a long thing it's, it took a day you know um, I think it ended up being 18 hours of actual riding mm. which is a lot and that's a, there's a lot of adversity that's going to come you know you know you ride your bike that long something's going to happen sure. you know yeah. um, we uh, I like to say that you know I, I created my own luck you know I was a little bit lucky where we didn't have any major things right. go wrong but that's that's partly because of the planning you know
0: preparation my friend
2: that's right that's right you know the bike had fresh tires and you know was tuned up and i didn't ride in the gutter you know (laughs) you know there's a lot of things that can attribute to having a flat tire. you know um but but we did have a little adversity you know the you know some light malfunctions um Mm. you know they just run out sometimes you know
0: (laughs) they don't they they never last as long as you need them to
2: yeah yeah and you don't realize uh, there's a lot of things that i hadn't experienced before like i had never ridden that long in the dark too, mm-hmm. you know where you you're kind of looking through this this tunnel of light. You know your your peripheral vision's gone. You know yeah, at night that's true. Um, so you, you're looking in this tunnel of light, and when you know when it's foggy and windy. <laughs>
0: you're also having to trust the force because you have to rely on other instincts because you don't have the benefit of the eyes as much. So you have to use other instincts that you have that you've cultivated that you don't even realize that you've cultivated.
2: For sure, man, you hit it right on. And you know what's funny is like we did this course, uh, the next week we Mm. we did a part of the course um, for another ride And one of the downhills, I just absolutely (laughs) ripped this downhill without even trying because I was just so used to doing it at night and with adversity and like you said, using the force a little bit. (laughs) And it it really, it really makes you think like, wow, what could I do? I I guess I could be better at this, you know, like descending or technical, you know, it's just like you really push your body when it, when it needs to.
0: Well, when you're under adverse conditions, when you do that same route, I would imagine, under really great conditions, you'll just crush it. Oh,
2: yeah, for sure. Yeah, everything seems a little easier, you know? Yeah. It's, like, it's like walking around with the weights on your ankles. You know, you take them off, you feel really light. And, yeah. Yeah.
0: Or baseball, when you put the donut on the bat. You yeah. You take the donut off and that bat feels real light. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So beyond the, the physical stuff and, and the challenge and the physical challenge, what else did you get out of it? You and I talked about this, but it was a pretty amazing experience. It was so many different things to experience it was all at once
2: it was and um you know sometimes i, I feel like it's even hard to share with people yeah. because it's so personal right like i was True. i was in my head so much you know thinking like i said about these rhythms like okay what do i gotta do next what am i doing right now you know um i'm really cold right now how do i you know how do i get warm or yeah. how do i get out of this situation and you want to stay on schedule too right because um, you realize that um the margin of error to do it in 24 hours is is pretty thin Mm -hmm. you know i mean i I mean that's a pretty good task and you did it in 19 18 or yeah something like that yeah but but uh also it it it, you got in order to stay on track you have to like you have to stay to that schedule and i think that was Mm -hmm. really important is is you know setting a schedule um, and then just being all in on that too like you can't like waver from it you know because because you're gonna feel good you're gonna feel bad (laughs) you know and, and everything in between um in that period of time you know and it's like you have to really i guess pace yourself right to get it done it's it's uh it, it takes support too you know i mean i i leaned a lot on you know jennifer's support you know she she was trying to get ready for the next day too Right. i mean she was going to do it the next day you know and uh so thanks to her. And I mean, for, you know, we get home and the, there's food to eat, you know, it's like, that's huge. (laughs) Uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, got to feed
0: the machine. That's
2: right. Coffee, you know, everything was ready, you know, especially coffee out there taking pictures, motivating us, you know, like, um, so that, that's it too. You know, you need, you need that outside help. You need motivation. And like I said, I was in my head so much, like thinking about these things, but also I didn't want to get too consumed either. So, I wanted to make sure, like, I was, I was happy to see, like, Wolfie and Jennifer every sure. lap, you know. Um, but I didn't allow myself to get too comfortable. Right. And, uh, you know, stuck to the schedule. Because
0: then once you're, you're comfortable or you're sitting down holding Wolfie, it's like, no, nah, I don't want to go back out. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. don't want to. And, you know, I
2: it's funny. I, I was telling you earlier that yeah. um, I never even took my shoes off that whole time. And, mm-hmm. you know, like, that was part of it. My personal thing is, like, I didn't want to get too comfortable and i think that would have allowed me to get too comfortable
0: they say in the military stay frosty my friend you say frosty <laughs> yeah keep those boots <laughs> laced <That's> right, man. <laughs> yeah. keep, that, keep that weapon with an arm's distance yeah so i did i mean
2: that was my way no matter you know i mean sometimes i i would i'd be sitting by the fire and using the comforts of home mm. that way you know but i i kept my boots That's laced. smart you know? yeah you
0: still got the comforts of home yeah but you didn't lose the motivation or or the grit that's great so let's talk about my experience no i didn't do it in 24 hours i i did it so so what i did was i did just 30 miles the first day i had some errands to run then the next day i did the route Mm -hmm. your route which was amazing ran through a couple founties we did it together nice nice pace Mm -hmm. very challenging said oh that's awesome and then I thought, man, how does he do that five times? Because that one time, it, it's a good solid route, right? Yeah. So the next day I decided I'm going to go out. So I can't kind of came out your general direction, I'd already been out riding, came out your general direction, Jen and and uh, Veronica, Veronica are just pulling out to mm-hmm. do their thing. You had finished your thing and I'm like going, I'm just in awe. Because the whole time I'm looking at the Instagram photos you're posting, sharing what you guys have right. been doing, the videos. Yep. I go, oh, man, they're going. It's like 2 in the morning and they're out there. So that motivated me. So when I came by and I talked to you, I was just said, okay, that's it. I'm just going to stay out and I'm going to keep riding. So I'd already ridden you know, 60 miles. Right. I stayed out, came home, did what you did, charged my batteries, had my coffee, had some food, and then I went out and rode till midnight. So I did 130 miles. Then the next day I got up and I said, I'm going to, I'm going to finish this thing. Cause I already, you know, got, got most of my miles. And so I went out and I did another hundred. That's awesome. You know,
2: you inspired yourself too. Yeah.
0: I mean, and I'd never done that. So the most I've ever ridden in one day is Seattle to Portland. That's 210 miles, 5,000 feet. Yeah. When I was, when all was said and done, my Festa 500 over eight days was four hundred and thirty miles and twenty two thousand feet and i have never done that much in a week and i'm saying how cool is this to end the year you know not being able to race Mm -hmm. we did you know we did a blitter ride we had some other cool stuff we did do some live training sessions i know you guys had a few races Mm -hmm. but to be able to end the year on that note and, and just the experience that I had, it was very similar to yours. It was like a magic journey. Like, I got to a point to where I wasn't even in my head. I was just on automatic. I'm just feeling it. I'm in the on zone. Automatic, exactly. I just want to keep riding. Yeah. And I'm taking in all these. I mean, at night, man, if you ever had a chance, go out to Alki at midnight and ride. It's pretty phenomenal. But pretty much anywhere around Seattle it's pretty night cool. It's pretty cool. Your route, by the way, was awesome because it took you through some great neighborhoods and there was yeah. christmas lights there was the water i mean it w- it was truly i can't like you said i can't really put into words i'm still kind of processing it but it was like in a magical journey yeah
2: it was a it was a bike lovers you know yeah. route for sure
0: yeah what, what impresses me about your experience because you've done so much is that your experience like was it was one of the coolest things you've ever done yeah and coming from you that means something because you've done so many cool things yeah and I, I wasn't
2: expecting that you know i knew it'd yeah. be hard and like i said a difficult but it, but it was i got more out of it than i anticipated yeah it it, it was it was a it was an adventure you know and it, mm. like i said it reminds me of when i was a kid and i see this with wolfie now as he grows up he naturally seeks adventure you know yeah. he, he wants to see what's in that glass or he wants to throw something down the stairs or to see what happens mm-hmm. he, he's always seeking that adventure you know he yeah, wants that to,
0: curiosity yeah
2: yeah and as we get older it's easy to get away from that that's you know? so true and uh this reminded me like you know when you push yourself a little bit you you realize what you have mm-hmm. you know and uh what's possible you know
0: that's so man i i can't even add anything onto that except when i'm on my bike i'm 12 year old greg yeah you know and everything's cool and everything's interesting and i'm seeing the world in a whole different way and then when you ride at night it's a completely different experience i mean Mm. i ride those routes all the time year round but when you do it at night it's a whole different thing it is and you're just present to so many different things and yeah. we have some photos and some video we'll put up on the Facebook page for y'all to see I mean it's hard to really translate the experience yeah. isn't it? It was
2: cool I mean the very first lap we did uh, yeah. we saw a big coyote
0: oh wow yeah I did which, not have that. which is not
2: super rare but it's still like it's yeah. like wow this is kind of epic there's yeah. no cars and right. there's this coyote it's running down out. the street yeah, yeah. and then uh, a little bit later we saw a bald eagle wow. crossing the 520 bridge mm. it was really cool
0: that's the thing about cycling that we love, it, it's, you, you know, and you're really good at this because you're very, you know, your head's down, very focused. When you're in that space, you always find that time to look up and go,
2: wow, look at that. Exactly. Um, you, you're occupying your I, mind with something else. And I
0: know you did that on purpose. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but no, that's what's so great is we, is, is you get the, the physical workout, the feeling, but then also the experience of what you see, what you feel, the experience of yourself, and then to me, the biggest lesson that I got is is getting out of our comfort zone. Mm-hmm. And instead of cowering, we just we just take it head on. It's accept
2: like the challenge.
0: You accept the challenge. And and the thing is, and you can you can apply this to everything. When you declare your commitment to the universe, you say, I'm gonna do this mm-hmm. and I'm gonna do it in this amount of time, the universe will hold you accountable and the universe will be cheering you on yeah which which is awesome that's one of the reasons i declare like when i do an event or something i'm going to do something i'll put it on my social media mainly for my friends to, to hold me accountable yeah and to say well now i gotta do it because that's my word and and ultimately if i didn't do it my friends most likely wouldn't think less of me but the thing is i wouldn't be honoring my word or my commitment and when i don't honor my word and my commitment it's very disempowering. It's not about right or wrong. It's just disempowering.
2: Yeah. And you put yourself out there. You use yeah. that momentum of all your friends and backers and mm-hmm. and uh people to help you through, you yeah. know it's your team. It. Yeah. Your I support mean, system. For sure. There is yeah. no way. Once I did this, like you said, I'm like I'm I there's no way I'm not gonna do this.
0: And there's no way that the people around you that are your friends and your teammates are not going to let you not do it either. Right, right. And that's what's so great about it is so you make a commitment and and, and that's what I love about you know found and and being part of a team and you can apply it to to work teams you can apply it to sports teams but but once you make that commitment and you surround yourself with that support system that you'd be surprised how many people will hold you to it and and be however they need to be to support you in honoring your commitment so i think it's awesome and i think you putting it out there inspired me and actually motivated me to make a, a bigger commitment than i would have made had i not um, seeing what you did.
2: Right on, uh, mission accomplished. That's what it's all about.
3: that that um, in this modern life that we live in now we have this opportunity to bridge so many other lives that would take centuries to do so in this life we can actually connect um, and live out you know incarnations um, in one lifetime We've many different incarnations.
0: And speaking of, of inspirational people, we have an amazing uh, guest on. And uh, his name is K.T. Searing. And he's an author, and he's written an amazing book about a friend of ours, um, somebody that you know really well, somebody that you introduced me to, and somebody who's going to be in our film, We Ride Why, and that gentleman is Bennett White, an amazing man. And we're going to talk to uh, KT about Bennett. And, and, Rocket, I want to hear your thoughts about Bennett, too, because I know he's made a tremendous impact on your life and yeah. a huge difference in your life. And you honor him today through your scholarship program through Fountain, which mm-hmm. I think is amazing. So we're going to go ahead and we're going to get, uh, we're going to get KT on right now. Right on. got kt or searing on the line kt how you doing all the way from canada victoria
1: yeah it's victoria Canada. i'm doing great i really appreciate the call and i'm looking forward to this interview
0: me too man it's so good to hear you last time we saw you uh rock and i saw you in town and you were paying tribute to bennett white We're going to talk about him and what he means to you a little bit later. You were doing a tribute to him. It was an anniversary of his passing. Uh, Bennett passed away of cancer in 2017. And just to give the audience context, Bennett White is an amazing person that I met through Rocket and that I met you through that experience. Bennett is going to be in our film. Uh, Jason Tang and I, as well as Chris Wilson did a last interview with him and he talks about his life and he talks about his relationship with his passing he knew his time was limited he knew he had a terminal disease but his outlook and his spirit in the last several months of his life was absolutely inspiring Mm -hmm. and he touched my life and it's going to be great to be able to share a little bit of that story in our film, but you went really deep. You wrote a whole book about your experience with Bennett. How did that come about?
1: Um, Well, funny enough, Bennett and I met, um, we're both from New Zealand and um, he had traveled to Europe and I had traveled to England to study. And uh, we met at a communal house in London in the spring of 1973 wow, and it, we just chatted and we just had a lot in common and it was from that that a friendship grew. I was just going to say at that time he had just come off uh, six years of competitive cycling in out of Italy.
0: So you knew him before he was a, a professional cyclist or, or during or after?
1: No, I, I read about Bennett in the newspaper when he was before he was a professional cyclist when he was like 20 21 because at that time i was also into elite sports and Mm so you know i got to know him as a person of my age and i had a personal friend who was a cyclist so this this upstart bennett white was getting the headlines (laughs) and uh so it it was like okay who is this guy (laughs) And, and of course i had no contact with him at that time
0: wow so yeah. you, you had met him in 73 and you cultivated this relationship over several decades then.
1: Yes, we remained very close friends mm-hmm. right through to 2017.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, we you know, I arrived in Canada in uh, 1975. Okay. And about a month after arriving in Canada, I happened to meet Bennett at a at a rock concert. It
0: was a I concert.
1: Didn't know. The concert was with um, Herbie Hancock.
0: Oh, oh. Yeah. love Herbie Hancock. Yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It, was, it was really cool. And I had no idea he was in Vancouver. Oh, wow. Just per chance. I mean, we were destined to
0: meet mm-hmm.
1: uh, from way back.
0: Mm. That's what I love about yeah. music and cycling. It kind of brings people together, people share a, a common passion. And then a connection forms because of that. So so about the book, so obviously you were friends, you have some history. When did he approach you to write the book?
1: Well, and that's very interesting because um, he was living in Seattle in 2016. I'm living in uh, Victoria. And um, I was traveling down to the U.S. a lot, sort of from about 2014 for three or four years there. And um, every time I landed in the, in, the, in the Seattle airport and I had a half hour, I would give him a call. <laughs> and so we would chat. But then I noticed at the end of, or um, well, all of 2016, I lost contact with him. And I was really feeling anxious that we hadn't spoken. And so it just happened that uh, at the beginning of uh, 2017, I, I put in a call to him sometime in early January, and he answered, and he told me a little bit about what he had just gone through uh, after racing in the national championships under under David's tutelage.
0: Rocket, you coached Bennett. Yeah. See, I did not know that. I thought he coached
2: you, so that, but... That's That's, uh, wow. if you kind of go on a tangent, that's how he figured out he had a cancer. Um, yeah. Yeah. I had done some physio testing on him. And uh, so we had a baseline and he was training. He was doing really well in the national championship. He crashed, mm. had an unfortunate crash and uh, came back and we tested him again. And he was... There was something wrong with you know his respiratory system. And like, this was
0: during a moxie test. Yeah. During yeah. the, the test yeah. you normally do for yeah, your yeah like athletes. an oxygen. Yeah. Right. Yeah.
2: Exactly. And uh, we realized like, hey, you're you're limited by your breathing here. Mm. So we started working on that, and am and uh, we tested him again. I'm like, you're worse. Something's going on, mm. dude. You need to go to the doctor and you know see what's up. Wow.
0: Like there's something definitely. Not right. Oh, for sure. Not a performance issue, but something beyond. Well,
2: it was a performance issue, but it was it was due to his respiratory system. and what was going on is his lungs were filling full of uh, fluid, Mm. and basically he was he was working off of you know first one lung and then you know a quarter of a lung, and you know it just got progressively worse, and they would drain his lungs. He'd feel better, mm-hmm. and it'd just fill right back up. Mm. So it did take a while for them to actually diagnose him and say he had, you know, he had cancer. They just they didn't know why they were filling him up. So well, you correct.
0: you coached Bennett. You did some testing on him like you normally do with your athletes. Mm-hmm. You noticed an anomaly, mm-hmm. and that triggered that there may be something wrong. And right. then at that point. He found out he had cancer. Yeah,
2: and we didn't, we had no yeah. idea. I mean, we, it wasn't like, oh, maybe I have cancer. He had, you know, he didn't think he had it. We didn't think he had it. And, right. And then, uh, no,
1: Greg, Greg, in fact, uh, what yeah. Bennett originally thought. was a heart condition because his father suffered from a heart condition Mm -hmm. and his brother suffered from a heart condition. So he thought, oh, this is in the family. I better get my heart checked out. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So when they checked the heart out and it was okay, it was a technician who just looking at whatever the medical uh, x-ray they were doing, she said, there's something in the lungs. There's Mm -hmm. fluid in the lungs. Right. And then they took a sample of that and that's that ties in with the story that uh, David just mentioned. That, so, yeah, his lungs were filling up.
0: So at that point, he knew he had cancer. And once he knew he had cancer, w- at what point did he approach you or did you both decide that you were going to tell his life story? Because it's an incredible yeah. story, and we're not going to be able to tell it all today. Um, no. But we're going to have you back on in the future. And, of course, if you want to know about this amazing man, we're going to talk about the book too, but it's Courage, fearless talent and you can get it on amazon barnes and noble chapters indigo uh, dot yeah. california so if people really want to know they're going to go deep into the book but what i want to do is kind of give the context in terms of you know your relationship and yes. who he was to you yeah
1: well i mean this was the thing that i'd been talking to him on lengthy telephone calls mm-hmm. from 20 2013 right through Mm. and i mean this occurred in 2014 he had the crash in the in the nationals okay and he never mentioned once to me during all those discussions that he had cancer and Mm. it wasn't until the spring of 27 2016 and not the spring january 2016 that he then broke down and told me so i said look i'm coming across he said well i'm going to be in vancouver The following weekend so i said i'm coming across to meet you and i went and met him and uh we went for a drive and uh, we had a very powerful emotional day Mm. as because bennett and i had lived together in vancouver and we went and we drove past all the places where where we lived Mm. together for a couple of years and it was also where we took two years of um spiritual training in, in Western mysteries and meditation. And so that was the bonding that we had way back. And it was in that discussion, we were walking on the beach. Um, I think it's called Spanish Beach in Vancouver. And uh, he just said, look, I want I want to write my story down. And I said, oh, okay. That sounds interesting. Hmm. What have you gotten? And then we, we had a conversation about what do you have in mind? What is this going to look like, uh, et cetera, et cetera. And uh, we then agreed that uh, I would do it for him.
0: So the story, from what I've read, is is not just about him dealing with the adversity of cancer, but he's dealt with adversity his whole life. Yes, and yes with, he has. And with grace and yeah. the same grace that he dealt with his battle with cancer. And so the book, w- what I'm getting, and, and I haven't fully read it, so, so the book kind of talks about his journey dealing with adversity in his life. Of course, cycling is part of that, and then dealing with cancer. I'm really interested in the spiritual aspect as well. What, was, what were some of the topics you touched on from a spiritual aspect in this book?
1: Well, that that all grew out of our training, our initial training in Western mysteries um, and meditation. Because to understand your spirituality, you have to understand mindfulness, how the mind functions and how the mind separates between consciousness and unconsciousness. And his, his constant discussion was what was going on in his unconscious mind or his primordial mind mm-hmm. and so that you know bl- lends itself very much to a eastern philosophy the book actually has the book is an, a biography of Bennett's life so it deals from his childhood right through to the end of his life mm-hmm. and as you said he dealt with all kinds of adversities uh first off You know the family wasn't overly wealthy they lived in social housing um his father returned from the second world war like mine did and you know uh you missed out on all those years where you could learn a trade and and become proficient at something so he ended up as a laborer and and so the family was you know not overly wealthy but they always had food on the table and a very nice family unit Mm. but out of that um, he on, oh, sorry, on top of that let me blend it this way, on top of that he has indigenous background in the Maori culture mm-hmm. and so out of that, when we started studying the western mysteries and talking about the realms of reality or the realms of consciousness, one talks about, there's a spurt, there are levels of spirituality and you can talk about animal spirits and nature spirits and things like that and that was very much part of his family culture
3: Mm.
1: he was comfortable talking about that and and saying oh I've got spirits there are lots of spirits in the house tonight Mm -hmm. at the dinner table and Mm. the the family would talk about Mm. it Mm. and so you know he was that's that he had a very in a way very encouraging yeah background to pursue the search of his spirituality, and yeah. then, and then, it, oh, go ahead. And, and then I'm just saying is that once he had given up cycling, um he then got into the Eastern religions and and was very interested in learning from the Eastern gurus, the mm. teachers that were coming to the West at that time. Because we're talking now in the 70s. Mm when there was a whole movement of Eastern oh, religions yeah. coming across to the West yep. with all kinds of gurus and different things. But out of the the Western mystery work that we did, um, Bennett really concentrated on healing and laying on of hands. Hmm. And that's where he spent uh, several years, like five years, in hospitals in, in New Zealand. Uh, he'd returned to New Zealand, and he spent a lot of time working in the hospitals with the terminally ill, or with the very extreme ill uh, patients who had gone beyond what, what modern medicine could do. And so they were, he was working with people like that. And he told me of a number of miracles where he had uh, revived people mm-hmm. and brought them back to full health and the doctors couldn't explain
0: it. Mm. Wow, powerful.
1: Yeah, and I thought that was pretty terrific.
0: <laughs> Powerful. So we're speaking to KT Searing, the author of Courage, Fearless Talent, about Bennett White. And before we we, we wrap things up, and we're going to have you back on again, I want to ask each of you, who Bennett White is to you? And so, Rocket, we'll start with you. Who is Bennett White to you?
2: Oh, man. Well, the funny thing was, as soon as I saw KT's book, I was excited I I pulled it out of the wrapping looked at it And I saw courage Fearless talent And I was like I just chuckled I I laughed I was like That's perfect That's Tells the story right there In three words What Bennett was At least to me He was this guiding light And he was this This spirit When I first met him He was uh i was like who's that gnarly old dude in the corner you know like he's but he's talking to everybody he's like he's talking to the racers the riders the you know the women the men (laughs) there was nobody he was fearless he would walk up to anybody and uh and just start talking about what they wanted to talk about too and and uh he'd get the story out and he was just really an interesting guy like he like kt said he's like spiritual you know and whether you believe, how, how much you believe in, in how deep you are spiritually, it doesn't matter. You knew this guy was uh, a spirit in the room for sure. Yeah. A Um, righteous dude. Yeah, that's right. And it it was just like, even if he didn't have the answer you wanted or didn't have an answer for something that you asked him, um, he was very comfortable to talk to and soothing. And I think that's where in a way he healed me. You know, I had a lot of problems uh, one year and, and I didn't I'm not a guy to talk much about these right. personal things, but I did with Bennett.
0: He created space for you. Yeah. He does that, doesn't he? Oh, for sure. Yeah. For sure. He just he just creates this space where you're safe, and you can share anything. There's no judgment, just love.
2: Yeah. Well, I mean.
0: An encouragement.
2: I, and I didn't even know Bennett that many years. You know, when you look back, it's like yeah. what a, a five years. Mm. But it felt like I knew him my whole life. Yeah. They really did, yeah. and even after uh, a, a few meetings with him, I'm like, God, this guy is—he's my best friend, and I've known him for less than a year.
0: And I knew him for six months, and that was my experience of him because I met him through you, and and just my different interactions, I I, I met him. I said, "This is a special man." Like, I I get why so many people love this guy.
2: Yeah, it's it's a it's really tough to put into words, but. I mean, I, I guess he would be an extraordinary, ordinary guy, you know, he was not a rock star, you know, but he was, there's definitely something special about him. Mm.
0: You know, you just very well said that's, that's my experience of him as well. And KT, of course, you have a lot of history with Bennett. What, who is Bennett white to you?
1: Well, Bennett white to me was the happiest person I ever met. (laughs) he always I I just loved being in his presence because we laughed so much Mm -hmm. and we were both on a a spiritual journey and I was sharing my experiences with him as much as he was sharing his experiences with me and we gelled on a level of equanimity if you like Mm -hmm. we were both equal we were both um, confident in in our own spheres Mm -hmm. but his happiness and as, as uh, David just said, or Rocket just said, Bennett made friends, lifelong friends in a conversation. He was wonderful that yeah. way. And uh, Greg, I mean, this, is, this might touch your strings. I mean, one of the things that he told me, in, um, because he was getting so close to death there at the end of 2017, that um, when he learned that he was gonna do an interview with you, that uh, I remember just seeing his spirit lift and it bolstered his, his energy levels for several months, in fact, that mm-hmm. carried him through to the end. And he was so grateful. He was so grateful on a number of levels. And the level was he wanted, to, he wanted this book to be shared with as many people as possible. Mm-hmm. And it's one of the things that, um, I mean, I haven't finished writing Bennett's story to tell you the truth. Yeah, I've got a second edition in planning already.
0: Probably awesome. need a third or fourth too.
1: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> a wonderful person, and a, you know, a soul that we're all going mm. to remember for the rest of our lives.
0: Yeah, uh, thank you for sharing that with me, KT. Um, I'm just, I'm just touched by that. Um, Bennett touched me, and I didn't know him like you did, but. When when I sat down and ch- chatted with him several times, and when we sat down and did the interview, we 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 just we just got real. And uh, what he shared with me helped me a lot in terms of dealing with my own mother's death, and then also my friend Ashley, who I loved, seeing his courage and his grace, and and it reminded me of of the courage and grace that Ashley and my mom had, and. <laughs> I'm just honored uh, to have gotten to know him a little bit, to have had him in my life. And I'm honored to to tell part of his story in our film. And folks, if you want to know who this amazing person is, get the book, Courage, Fearless, Talent by K.T. Searing, available on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and Chapters Indigo. K.T., I want to thank you. We're gonna have you back on. We'll be talking about Bennett. There's a a lot more to tell about this gentleman, but we wanted to just give people an introduction to who he is, who he was to you, and and who he is in relation to the film project. We ride why, because after all, we are We Ride Why Radio.
1: Thank you, and I appreciate that, and I am so grateful. I just will say in passing that. Uh, there are two stories in that book. One is Bennett's outer experiences, mm. where he was had difficulty through his early childhood for a number of reasons, all explained in the book. And the second story is the inner spiritual journey that he undertook. And um, to see that come together in a lifetime was such an honor,
0: mm.
1: such an honor.
0: I know you worked mm-hmm. really hard on it. And I know if it's like working on a film, uh, it, it, it's it's a very emotional experience I'm still in the process of working on our movie and it's it's difficult sometimes to be honest but yeah. it's also very joyful and it's an honor to be able to honor those who we love and those who have made a profound difference in our lives and touched our lives on such a deep level thank, thank you me. Greg I appreciate
1: that it's
3: moving moving the universe you know it's just moving through um that. um encompasses everything and that it feeds off me transforming myself and as I transform myself it transforms itself so in essence there is no end to anything it's a continuation of movement and transformation and the all the people that I've come across in my life um, all of the yeah, all of my interactions that I have, uh, like we're having now, you know, um, is is so it's so important. Um, it's so important to me on the basis that I um, uh, how would I put it? I wouldn't be who I am without people around me.
0: That was great being able to catch up with KT because we had not seen him, I think, for years since COVID. Yeah. But we got to see him on on the Skype. You guys aren't going to get to see that, unfortunately. But what a powerful conversation and a great, great author. Definitely, if you want to know more about Bennett White, you're going to want to check out the book because we only touched the surface today. Am I right, Rocket?
2: That's right.
0: The name of the book, Courage. Fearless Talent by KT Searling, available on Amazon, Barnes and Noble, and chapters Indigo. What do you think of that, man?
2: Oh, it, it, it brought back some great memories of Bennett for sure. Mm, and yeah. uh, I mean KT he wrote the book, but he also lived it. I mean he was a big part of uh, yeah. Bennett and he saw a lot from They've back in the They've been through 70s. some things together. Yeah.
0: Yeah. The seventies, yeah. Man. <laughs> I'm trying to think, I was thirteen. And, and in the early 70s that's when all that st- like tra- oh, transformational conversations and thinking outside the box and it was happening and you touched on this earlier Bennett was a man innately curious about everything and that's the way to live life man
2: oh man he, he was spiritual for sure yeah. you know like it's so funny I remember laughing with him and you know he would get into these deep spiritual mm. talks and I would tell him he's full of shit <laughs> <laughs> and he'd laugh and he's like yeah you're right <laughs> But no, there really was something uh, super spiritual about him.
0: Yeah, but you know, I think if you go through life being curious about everything, and you kind of go through life with a childlike curiosity, yeah, then you're really alive. Yeah, when man, that th- that was a the theme today, wasn't it? Yeah, man, because if you if you go through life and you think you know everything and you've seen everything, you're not really living. That's but right. When you, but there's always new things to discover. We, even within yourself, outside of yourself, your community, whatever it is you do, whatever it is you're passionate about, there's always new things to discover, new layers to peel away. And to me, that that's an aliveness that I get when I'm in that mode that I'm not getting when I'm cynical and jaded and right. think I've seen everything and know everything. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm 60 years old and I feel like I know less than I've ever known. That's and right. And that's a good thing.
2: Yeah, yeah. It's uh, it's easy to be an armchair quarterback, you know. But <laughs> oh yeah, it's uh, it's not as easy to go seek adventure. But I think it's something that we should all do. And we do. <laughs> we do.
0: And that's why we do what we do. We want to thank KT Searing. Uh, for being on the call today and sharing his story about Bennett want to thank Rocket for coming back in the studio after being in Hawaii and after a little uh, winter uh, break I suppose thanks for coming in Rocket yeah
2: great to be back
0: good to have you back but most of all we want to thank you for listening because without you we're just two guys sitting in a room talking to ourselves and it's fun but it's a lot more fun with you until next time, peace, love, cycling, music, art and transformation. This is We Ride Why Radio. Hello,
3: hello. Is there anybody out there? Help
0: me sing my It is gone. Woke up this morning and my head was in a daze. A brave new world had dawned upon the human race. But words are meaningless and everything's surreal. Gonna have to reach my
3: friends to find out how I feel. And if I taste the honey, is it
0: really sweet? And do I eat it with my hands or with my feet? Does anybody really listen when I speak? Or will I have to say it all again next week?
1: Why radio. why radio thank you, thank for, you riding for riding with riding us, with us.